Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome yes. to the Basket Buds edition of the like Athletic MBA Show that. Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Jay King. We got Trevon <laughs> Edwards. We got Mo Dakiel. We got Jade Hoy producing. And we have got a hell of a weekend first weekend from the playoff season and i guess we got to start here guys we got to start with you know jazz maverick no we're gonna start of course with the game in boston um you know when people start yelling pussy and bitch and you and all this stuff it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor and, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Nah, that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. Jalen Brown kicks it out. Smart fakes. Inside. Tatum spins, and he puts it in. Celtics go up by one. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Boston 115, Brooklyn 114. Middle fingers flying, middle fingers uh, creeping behind the head. You know, we've got. we got that was a, the best part. Oh that was God. the best one by far. That was like like a first grader trying <laughs> to hide it in, in school. Like I'm not to gonna one of the say behind him in class. who, but I had an interaction with somebody who is a Celtics fan, who is from the Boston area, I believe. Packard. <laughs> not Jim. <laughs> it was not Jim. I already yes, know who it is. <laughs> but this person was saying like like. How are we sure that something was said? And I was like, it's Boston. That's how we know something was said. And they were like, look, you can't just like, there are 15,000 cameras and blah, blah, blah. And how are you, you know, you know, if they didn't catch it or whatever. I'm like, 
typically this doesn't seem to be the standard for whether or not something happened. Did a camera catch it when it comes to potential racism, right? Like that's <laughs> not, or at least it shouldn't be the standard. And then at a certain point I was just like, look, would you have the same, the same like benefit of the doubt if it was the jazz fan base and I got silence in return. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And so, like, I'm curious, like, I want to get to the basketball side of it, but Jay, the Kyrie versus Boston side, obviously, this has been brewing for years. I want my rap number in the rafters. Here's this cool commercial with my dad, like all this shit, right? And then it just didn't work out. It fizzled out. He left. And, you know, the Celtics are better off for it. Kyrie's better off for it. It seems to be this, like, look, we've both separated, gone our gone our you know respective ways and look at us we're thriving and and it, for whatever reason maybe it's just sports is the reason but jay like explain a little bit where the dynamic of Kyrie versus boston is right now i mean i think if they weren't playing in a playoff series it would be getting dimmer nobody would care right it, it would yeah it, it would be you know falling away and because t- more time has passed yada 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 but this this guy said he was going to stay in Boston and then was extremely divisive during his final year in Boston yeah. to, to the point where his last game in Boston, which wasn't even the final game of the Celtics season, people were calling for him to leave. Like that that's the point it got even while he was in Boston. And and so now years later, they did this he had the stupid logo stomping thing last year god i love, and I, I love the reaction to the, that. the that best part of it the <laughs> best part of it to me is that now he's leaned fully into the villain stuff like he's out here throwing the fingers he's out here saying smd smd he's out here he's out here just so much defense you know, really leaning play. That's, that's leaning leaning into it and it, it it creates a really fun atmosphere um of hostility even though Kyrie didn't want to use that word and I I I think it's extremely understandable why the Celtics fans are still pissed off at him uh I think it's extremely understandable why he gets pissed off hearing all the stuff that he does in Boston Mm -hmm. and he was incredible he was absolutely spectacular he almost stole that game from the Celtics in the fourth quarter he brought the Nets back while Kevin Durant was sitting on the bench the Nets almost always fall apart when Kevin Durant is sitting on the bench, yeah. Kyrie totally dominated those moments. And it was close to being a nightmare situation for Boston after being up 15. Why did after- it take them so long to like throw a hard double team at him? <laughs> Would they just wait? I mean, my God. Yeah, my uh the, the the ones that I thought were not understandable at all. Like I, I get when the options are Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Sure. Trying to make Kyrie Irving shoot difficult isolation shots but when Durant is sitting on the bench and Kyrie is surrounded by whoever he was surrounded by that's when you got yeah that's when you got to do more to force the ball out of his hands that's when the switching defense that you've been so good at all year just doesn't cut it anymore because there's there's no point in playing him one-on-one when the other guys on the court don't include Kevin Durant and so that's that to me is is one of the biggest adjustments that Celtics have to make is what to do during those non Durant minutes because uh, letting Kyrie cook is is not the answer. Bad idea, um, Mo. What, in terms of <laughs> in terms of that final play, 
Um, and, and Jay, Jay had a good write up about it, uh, for the athletics and go check out the athletic, go subscribe. Um, I think it was described of like, it was crazy. And I, I didn't know how to respond in the moment because they get the stop. They don't call timeout. I think we all agree that was a great move. And, uh, and then as Marcus smart is like leaning in, I saw Tatum cut. I just didn't for whatever reason think that he did and he had some corny ass line after the game of like if you don't think you're open that's when i know you're open or something along those lines and i'm if, like all if right you don't if you don't think he sees you that's when he sees you the most that oh, can't be true that's that's such a that i mean <laughs> it's like such a bad like you're not you're not the batman of passing okay it's such a bad <laughs> such a bad line but mo that final play i just thought he was going to either force a shot there or kick a dal horford uh, I who I think was kind of kind of towards the top of the key, if I remember correctly. One, I don't want to put pressure on you, but I want a list of who the Batman of passing are when we're done with this, Zach. Um, Got you. But it, you want it, top three, top five? What do you want? Uh, top five. So get get to got work. Um, you got it. I already got it. Okay, great. So everybody thought Smart was shooting that, right? And that's why, like, two Nets players run at him. And everybody, people were even criticizing them. I'm like, yo, I'd rather two guys run at him than nobody. And in this instance, Tatum's not running to cut thinking he's getting the ball, right? He's running going like, oh, I might oh, have Oh, you to- thought he was going for the rebound? Yeah. Yeah, he said he was crashing the glass. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, he, I didn't see that. Because he thought Marcus was shooting that, right? Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, crap. Oh, it's but that's when Marcus sees him the, the most. sees him the most, right? He just gets, Tatum becomes 10 times bigger in that moment, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, it was just a great opportunity. And everybody on the floor thought it like people are killing KD for letting uh, Tatum run right behind him and things like that. Everybody thought the shot was going up at that point. And it's just an great luck a little bit for, for smart to be able to pump fake, get through those two guys and see Tatum at the last second. And then Tatum with the spin around Kyrie, Yeah, the presence of mind to catch and spin at the same time. So he can, you know, just get that shoulder because he still could have caught it and just gone up over Kyrie. Right. Like I don't think Kyrie was in, in position to like take a charge or anything like that, but just it got him so free. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that spin is kind of, I actually was worried the spin was going to throw him off when he tried to put it off the glass, mm. you know, just cause yeah. your, your momentum, your body's taking you several different ways. And for that to kind of just play out the way it did, it was gorgeous, you know, and you got to give you credit for just saying, Hey, no timeout, just go. Like this is, yeah. this is, this is the scenario. Whereas the other way around, I really feel like the Nets should have called the timeout when they gave up the quick bucket to Jalen Brown and set something up. That was, that's the only uh, real mark, yeah. mark I have. Cause that last play for the Nets, I mean, Kyrie got away from the double team had what I thought an opportunity to shoot a three there along the, uh, the sideline and then drove right back into the double team. <laughs> Like I was like, this yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to me. Maybe you know, that, maybe he subscribes to J.R. Smith's you know, open shots are boring, and that's how good Kyrie was. That the Celtics were selling out to force the ball out of his hands, knowing that he was going to kick it to Kevin Durant. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's the level that Kyrie touched in Game One, yeah. where Al Horford is petrified of losing him on the double team. Because he might get any shot off. Didn't matter how difficult it was. It was probably going to go in. Um, and and Durant, like, they were like, yeah, let, let's make Kevin Durant beat us instead. <laughs> like that, 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 is a, that is a tough place to be in when, when Kyrie is that hot. 
So Trey, what's what do you think is the lasting or I know what's going to be. What should be the lasting story <laughs> of game one? Should it be the Kyrie Boston stuff? Should it be the way the Nets almost stole game one on the road? Should it be the presence of mind from the Celtics to have to get that game winner at the buzzer? Like, what do you think the, the story should be? Honestly, I don't think you should take away from what the Celtics did. I mean, yes, I would highlight, hey, the Nets are in good shape. You know, they only lost by one, almost stole one at home. But honestly, like, you got to credit, you know, Al Horford. You got to credit Marcus Smart getting it going. And then, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Jalen Brown finally finding it like in the second half and being instrumental to their, you know, to their win. Um, yeah, I thought Jalen made some plays down the stretch, especially when they're on the ropes. They were huge. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he was great in the fourth quarter. I mean, you can kind of have some little spotty moments in the third as well. Um, and you guys already had mentioned as far as you know, he may not call in that that time out there and letting his trusting his guys. I think that was more so if there's a clip on Twitter where they highlight the entire play right, and after Tatum mm-hmm. makes the layup, he meet. He may immediately runs to Jalen Brown and it's like, that's, that's what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. You know what I mean? And it's more so just buying in and making the right plays because there were two unselfish plays by two players that normally would try to win it in hero ball. You know what I'm saying? And now they made the right play. And yes, I, I, I'd never questioned Tatum's layup there because he had been getting so deep to the basket throughout the game. Like normally guys take off further out. Uh, Jason Jason Tatum's layups have all been like ridiculously close to the backboard. So the backboard was his best friend almost all night where he was looking like a running back, just finding holes and just kind of getting there no matter how they defended it. I really hated how um, the Nets put the bigs on Tatum, um, but they were, Steph, Seth Curry was a liability out there trying, you know, yeah, they kept hunting that out. Yeah. They had, they had no, they had no bigs to counter counter that. Um, and then now, you know, I think the next approach is Durant going out and trying to guard Tatum the next game. And then also him being, I don't, I don't expect him to shoot as bad as he did. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, that, I can't imagine it's that bad of a game moving forward. They were, yeah, nine for 24 is not going to be the norm. Yeah. And yeah. they were trying to, you know what I mean? Like they were trying to um, match the, the, the pace and that's what got them out their game immediately. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing. And the Celtics played it up so well as far as sending a double. They had a bluff guy. They had a reader in the back. Um, just applauding their defense, man, and how they approached it overall. And I I, uh, like I don't think it's overly dramatic to say that that might have saved the Celtics season. I'm with you. I'm with, I think they dropped if, that game, Jay. That's, that's a potential disaster. Then all of a sudden, all the issues come back, like yeah. the fourth quarter troubles, the like you're staring at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is was on another planet. Kevin Durant couldn't possibly play worse. Um, you know, you're going to have to deal with those guys for for seven games. And like like to me, as well as the Celtics played through the last three months, like you got to prove it in the playoffs. you got to build that confidence in the playoffs you've got to tackle this huge issue of Durant and Kyrie Irving in a seventh seed that really isn't a seventh seed mm-hmm. um so I just think the pressure in that moment and the way they handled it was like you can't really overstate the the potential importance of it be, just be just because of like all those factors that went into it I mean right 
coming back like that would have been such a huge uplifting moment for the Nets if they stole that game, right? Like yeah. that really can carry you for a lot of the series. Like that's especially with everybody kind of doubting them, everybody talking about, well, everybody but Zach. I know Zach's been banging the drum that nobody's given the Nets respect. But the 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 idea, though, of down 15 and Kyrie can drop 18 in the fourth quarter to lead you to a win so while, while Kevin Durant yeah. has like a thousand turnovers throughout the entire game is that's a big moment. You just feel like we we got probably one of our worst games from one of our best players and we're able to pull this out like that's a huge, huge scenario. Now the story's a little bit different. Now it's Kyrie flipping the birds. Now it's, you know, you guys had a chance at the end, that last play, you guys blew it, all that. And that's got to stay with you for the next two days because you're not playing till Wednesday. Like all of that kind of holds on to you for a little bit. It it really makes a big difference. This was a, I think I'm with Trey. The Nets are are, are fine, especially because they're vets. But it would have gone so much further if they were able to pull off this win. Like that would carry them for a while. And as Jay's yeah. saying, the panic would set in Boston. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, let's move on to the other two seven matchup from this this weekend. Minnesota Timberwolves take Game One in Memphis, one thirty to one seven. That's going to be a fun series. That is going to be a very fun series. I declared this to Amin El Hassan on NBA Radio. I don't know, maybe three or four months ago. In in a moment of, um, I'll just admit it. I got caught up. I got caught up in the in the fun of Anthony Edwards. And at one point, I blurted out on radio. Anthony Edwards is wolves proof. Like not even the, <laughs> not even the sadness of the wolves franchise. I don't think you got can, caught up, can tear him down. And four months later, he drops 36 as a 20 year old in game one against Memphis. And, you know, cat was, was pretty good in that game. Like look way better than he did against the Clippers. Um, D'Angelo Russell was not very good in that game, but made a huge shot in the fourth quarter. And so Trey are the Timberwolves, actually dangerous here to the Grizzlies or was this just like that game one high from the lower seed? No, I think it, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think it's a weird matchup. Um, yeah. cause Ja didn't have a bad game. You know what I mean? I no, think Ja was pretty good. Ja shot 20 free throws. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but people were like, Oh, he's in jail, you know, just trolling and stuff like that. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think it boils down to Memphis defense. Like everybody as a unit needs to lock in. You know, you mm-hmm. can't let everybody like Minnesota knows that they're the underdogs. So they have nothing to lose. And anything right. that they can kind of feast off of, they're going to do it. You know what I mean? And like job posting Michael Jordan swinging a bat. I love it for social media. Love it for the game. <laughs> John's so great on social media. <laughs> love it for the inspiration. But like, again, you have to understand that this Minnesota Timberwolves team is not afraid of this team. So yeah. I don't know if we're getting a rivalry brewing, whatever. But it's fun. I hope, so. I hope yeah. that we get seven games of this series. Um, and I, I, honestly, I love that Minnesota stole one because it. Everyone counted them out. Honestly, they felt like you know yeah. that that they were just a playing team and they were crying and over emotional. And there's layers deep to that thing. But at the end of the day, they're trying to prove that they're a legitimate competitive basketball team. Mo, we had this conversation, I think, a couple of times as a podcast in the regular season of when Memphis gets to the playoffs, do they have a second guy to create offense? And like, you know, Tyus Jones had some good moments off the bench, but it it's not really like breaking down a team and getting your own shot or getting someone else's shot when they collapse. 
it's legitimately like, all right, we know Ja can do this. Who else on the Grizzlies can do it? Is it going to be Desmond Bain? Is it going to be Dylan Brooks? And, you know, those guys were were fine in in game one. But when the defense wasn't there for the team, they didn't really have anybody else to, like, help Ja out in that initiating offense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem. And the drop-off between when Ja's creating versus anybody else on that team is so massive. It's a hard gulf to to really kind of fill up and it puts puts them in a tough situation like you gotta hope Bain can get going a little bit more in the uh playmaking area he, he made some strides but come on man like he's a second year player like that's not something I feel like he's gonna make a big lift in Dylan Brooks like I don't trust him he's erratic to me just watching him play makes makes me feel anxious myself um yeah. and after that you know Tyus Jones has been very steady I think he's one of the best backup point guards in the league but in the playoffs, again, it goes up another notch and the intensity ramps up. I'm not sure that he's capable of doing what they really need. And part of it, too, is Jaws just so freaking incredible, right? Like it, it's he's able to squeeze through the tiniest of, of space, you know, and, and, and to get there like nobody can recreate that. It's it's the challenge there. Those other guys got to step up. But this is going to be one of those series where like Jaws is going to have to play 40 something minutes. He's going to have to go incredibly long into this because there's going to be too much time where he's on the bench that the offense might kind of start to struggle a bit. And the Wolves are rolling here in this situation because they got three guys that they could put out there at any point and and start to roll and, and run offense through. And I think that's going to be the, the, the big uh, challenging point for the Grizzlies in terms of how do they work around this. And, and they yeah. got to hope that Ja just doesn't get tired from it. Yeah, well, I think if their defense performs the way it's supposed to, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. But when you give it a one thirty, you know, puts a lot more pressure on them to uh, to come together and and play better offense. Uh, Jay Anthony Edwards is, in two words, a problem. Yeah, he's so good. Honestly, when he has it going, I, I sit there and I'm like. <laughs> What the hell are teams going to do in five, six years when when he has that shot figured out a little bit more? Recruit when him. He's, That's when he's a little <laughs> better decision <laughs> maker. To get him off the walls. Like, I just don't know what you're really going to be able to do with that dude. He's 20 years old. He's already more physically imposing than any anyone who defends him. And when he has that shot going, it's like, good freaking luck. Um the, the things that really stood out to me besides the Edwards piece to this, like Steven Adams was just not oh, he got up for torched. the matchup against Carl he Towns. He got torched. Oh, man. And I don't, I don't know if, if that's always going to be how he plays Carl Towns because I, I, I usually trust Steven Adams' defense, rebounding, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just wasn't up for it. And, and then the, the other part is like Memphis forced a ton of turnovers in the first half. Their their transition offense was great, but in the half court they just didn't have it. Yeah, um, and I think the the way Minnesota defends, like they have Towns way up on on ball screens, and I just, I just feel like they have to do more to take advantage of that. They have to do more to take advantage of Towns being out on the perimeter as much as he is, and you know some of the guards yeah. on backside rotation. I mean, I think I think part of the problem with that is. One, Beverly flies all over the place, right? Two, yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, I think, is the most underrated defender in the league. Like, sure. He cleans up so much for them. And then when they took um, 
when they took Vanderbilt out and they had uh, McDaniel's in, he did a great job of just covering space as they as the action was ahead of him and like just making sure everything on the backside was was relatively clean for the for the wolves like i thought he did a phenomenal job too yeah and i think i honestly believe like memphis didn't play their guys in the last game of the regular season they had more than a week between when those guys played and and their playoff opener yeah and i i just felt like they they weren't fully ready for the playoffs yet and and minnesota playing in the play-in game and needing to come back against the clippers like it just felt like they were locked in in a way memphis memphis just wasn't yeah i'm with that so is anybody here thinking maybe the Wolves win this series? Like your your game one tipped you to thinking, okay, this uh this is gonna be maybe a big upset. If you get Carl Towns like that every game, then it's it's possible because then between Russell and Anthony Edwards, you just need one of them to be gone. Um Yeah. And like if if Towns is that good and and he's you know, putting guys in foul trouble and, and beating closeouts and and making the right decision time after time, then they're a problem because they're talented, man. Like, <laughs> like Edwards is a super talent. Towns, like, when he's right, he's really tough to guard. And, and you know, they, they can throw out a lot of guys that, that just aren't afraid of the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Timberwolves, like, Everyone talks about the Nets, and obviously they're a totally different level as a seven seed, but Timberwolves are a dangerous seven seed too. I think they're dangerous because they don't have anything to play for, right? Like there is no pressure. No one expects them to win that series. So it just gives them a, a sense of freedom. I think you saw that difference between their game with the Clippers where they did have something to play for, right? Go get the seven seed versus game one against the Grizzlies on the road. It's kind of just like, look, no one's expecting shit out of you anyway. So just go play. And I think that I think you could see that freedom and especially in the way they played on on offense. Uh, Trey, do you think the Grizzlies should be worried at all? No, I don't think that. Uh, I think it's one game. We understand how series work. We understand that, you know, it was great that the Timberwolves could steal one. I think that they their confidence has risen a little bit more. And I don't think they ever came in fearing the Grizzlies, but the whole world had, you know, an idea that this team was going to get swept, but I don't think the Grizzlies are in panic mode. I think that they'll play smarter. I think that they'll make better adjustments. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they'll play as bad, but um, yeah, again, it just, it just shows that the Timberwolves are a legit team that needs to be respected a little bit more. And maybe the Grizzlies took them lightly. That's all. Mo pick the wolves. You coward. No, I'm a coward. What are you talking about? I thought we covered this last week. I don't know if we. <laughs> no, yeah, la- I, last week is when we established your coward. Definitely not before that. <laughs> yeah, only last week. It's I've only had a week of cowardice. I'm still, you know, right, uh, yeah. rolling into still it. Still born a coward. Jay, you gonna get punched? Okay, be happy you're in no, Boston. You a coward. That's true. Actually, yeah, yeah. if you if you punch me, you'll end up in the hospital. That's not oh, true. He oh, thinks he can, he's overly confident. Yeah, thinks he can beat up Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Okay. 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 Tyson. Um. Somehow I have both of you losing this fight. I don't know why. We both hit each other at the same time and knock each other out. One of those oh, things. I, I think you both go to hit each other and you both slip and just fall down on the ground. And never make yeah, contact. That, that's probably, that's probably more the likely. more more realistic thing. But get on your Peloton, Jay. Um, I tear I tear my ACL. <laughs> the but. I think it's going to be a really tight series. It's going to come down to, I think Memphis has got to look at playing Brandon Clark a little bit more than Steven Adams. 
because I think they got a lot of good stuff when Clark was on the court. He, he was yeah. one of the few players that was, I mean, we know one game plus minuses isn't a lot, but he was one of the few guys for the Wolves, or excuse me, the Grizzlies that was in the positive. But Well, and he's just so athletic and active. Like, uh, that's something the Wolves do struggle with. See, right. I, I, I happen to think the other way. I think Steven Adams just needs to do what Steven Adams does. Well, I, here's the, what the Grizzlies had a 19.5% offensive rebound rate, Jay, which is which is crazy, very bad, crazy like for them. Yeah, super bad. They're the best offensive rebounding team in the league. Towns is going to be out at the three point arc, hard hedging on Ja. Like, just go kick people's ass, Steven Adams. I think he can be very big for them offensively. But that's I but think the problem is defensively, right? Like, there's a series. Well, defensively, of- I throw him on Jer- Jared Vanderbilt. Like, like yeah. put put Jackson on on towns so you have like that quickness and that length and that shot blocking ability and then what you're worried they're gonna like expose steven adams with jared vanderbilt he like i don't know it's surprising he has the ball so little it always surprises me that he's a lefty when he shoots it's 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 not that i'm worried about vanderbilt exposing adams i'm more worried about jaron jackson picking up easy fouls early in the in the game tell him to stop Uh, fouling okay yeah it's that simple just stop that was the strat hey it was for andre Kirilenko. We asked him, why don't, like, how do you defend the way you do without fouling? He says, I just don't foul them. Okay. Well, <laughs> if he could tap into his inner Andre Karolinko inside of him, great. But I think that's, those are the issues. But just if yeah. Adams is going to stay on towns and there's going to be times where he's just going to end up on him in cross match situations, he doesn't know how to guard him. There are times where he's giving towns space and towns hits a three right in his eye. The next possession yeah. off a baseline out of bounds, Adam's like, cool, he had a three in my eye, let me pressure him. And he blew right by him and then finished at the rim on Jaron Jackson. Like, it's yeah. it's it's going to be the challenge. I think that's where you got to put Clark in because that's where the difference is. And I think you don't have that much of a drop-off in terms of rebounding and everything like that when you have Clark in the game versus Adams. But I think your defense will lift up a little bit better. And then you're able to have Jackson kind of play the, the roamer and rotate over because I think that's where he's at his best defensively. If he's not switching on the guards, it's him rotating over and, and protecting the rim. I think that's what you want. All right, let's move on uh, in what's been very disappointing so far because it looks like he's not going to play in game two either. Uh, the Jazz in the first game of the weekend beat the Mavericks 99-93. No Luka Doncic in that one. Looks like he's not going to play in game two as well with that calf strain. And I gotta be honest, it's kind of deflating. Like it, the Mavs still had a great effort um, in terms of making it close and making it ugly in game one, but there was no real point where I thought the jazz are going to lose this game. And that's not a feeling I have in the playoffs ever. Really? <laughs> like I always expect them to like to blow this game. And so Trey, like I'm, you know, for the jokes purposes, for the basketball purposes, I am bummed that we don't have Luka Doncic right now. And I'm, I'm fearful. We're not going to have him for most of the series. Yeah, I don't see him coming back. I mean, unless they can extend it at least five to six games, that's the only time yeah. that we'll actually get a chance to look at him because it's not worth him aggravating it a little bit more. And, you know, the Mavs and what they have in that on that roster, they're going to compete as hard as they possibly can. But it's just an unfortunate injury in the timing of it. Yeah, I thought Jason Kidd did a great job coaching that game, and I thought they did a, a just a good job of trying to keep it close and giving themselves a chance. And they had a chance. Mo, like they had a chance. I think, I think it was, I can't maybe in the last minute, maybe it's a minute and a half, but like Maxi Kleber like misses a, a big three that I think would have given them the lead. I think they were down one at the time. And I then, love Maxi's game, by the oh, way. Oh, he's, yeah, he's fun. I like him. And then, and then Royce O'Neal came down and, and knocked down a big three point shot, which they have been begging him to take in Utah. 
he takes a he hits a big three point shot to push it back to four, and that was kind of the game at that point. I mean, even then they still had chances. Jalen Brunson misses a a, a layup yeah. a, a, out of a timeout, and then in transition, Reggie Bullock misses a three that was wide open. You know, like that would have really kind of swung the game either way. But it's like it's funny to say this because they're the higher seed, everything. But we know with Luca, it's different. But they they missed a chance to steal a game there because that's kind of what they yeah. need to do. Yeah, at home. You know, yeah. at, and Ru- and we clown on them a lot. Rudy was legitimately great defensively in that second half. It just all over the place every time. Yeah. You know, they try like there were plays where he's on Dinwiddie on the in the corner. Dinwiddie drives on him. He's there with him the whole way, and Dinwiddie throws up a wild shot. Right, like yeah. no chance of going in, but. It's that was the Mavs chance, it feels like, because I don't think you're going to get another game where Donovan Mitchell is going to start so bad. Well, see, see, I, I, <laughs> I think the the Mavs defense and I, I heard someone say this on a podcast recently. I forget who it was, but if it's we, smart, we it often me. we often overrate. <laughs> we often overrate the impact of a great defense or underrate the impact of a great defense mm-hmm. like this Mavs team has a great defense. And I think that defense can keep them in games in this series. Now, can they execute and get the big bucket? Can Jalen Brunson do enough? Can Spencer Dinwiddie do enough? Can can guys who really should be playing different roles do it when the Jazz are honed in on them? And and like like you said, Mo, they just have to steal a game or two while while Luca's out. Like bide your time until he gets back, and then when Luca's back. Like they are to me decisively the better team in this series. Now I don't know what they need to be when he gets back. Is it one down one two? Is it down right? Could could it even be three one and they'd be fine? I don't know, but but that did seem like a real missed opportunity. But that's a, I mean that's like, a good point. Like how did they get the one? Right? Like I'm with yeah. you. I actually think down three one they could probably feel pretty confident. Like they're they're a resilient team, and the Jazz have struggled in the past in the playoffs. Like I feel like you have a good first half in Game Five, and the Jazz maybe start sweating a little bit, right? But how do you get that one game if Luca's not involved? That might have been your best opportunity. I mean, that's how you do it, right? Like with the defense that they played and everything like that. It's it's I have a hard time thinking they're going to be able to find it. Yeah, because the Jazz. It was Jazz funny that Rudy just had shots. one. It was funny. Rudy just had one shot at time. <laughs> <laughs> that like, sorry, Rudy. That's how it should be. You know, Donovan Mitchell had it right this whole time. Passing <laughs> you two times a game. We won. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, you won. That's how it works. Just be accepting of the win. Um, all right, let's go to what's the next game? Maybe Bucks Bulls, uh, where. I'll admit the first quarter I started losing interest because I just thought the, I thought it was going to be a bloodbath that the Bucks are going to believe that was a close game. Oh my Good god, the Bucks are going to destroy them, and then uh, and the Bulls, to their credit, like they fought back in the second, they fought back in the third, the fourth was super ugly, but they they did a great job. And and so Trey, I'm curious, one, did the Bucks kind of get away with one here, even though they're the higher seed and the favorite, and two. Should that have been a sixth foul on Giannis for over the back? Because that is the big controversy here. Yeah, I mean, I think he shout went over his back. Like shout he was to the balls on Bud to sit him. You know, I mean, yeah, he let for him sure. sit for a long time, and you yeah, know that was weird. That was weird. But yeah, that, no, but like if you've been watching them for like the past at least three, four years, 
that's he just kind of sticks to it and i and it, and it didn't yeah. help him winning a championship because now it's like nothing you can tell him right he's going <laughs> he's going to just like hey i'm no who who he probably's in the coaching staff room like who won a championship here right put your hands down <laughs> you like in this idea Damn, he's going urban things. meyer <laughs> <laughs> so in the, in this situation like i mean Bucks fans have to be thinking sending DeMar DeRozan an edible arrangement or something for, <laughs> you know, him not showing. You know, I didn't even say he's not showing up, but he just had a bad performance. And well, if the I Bulls mean, ever want a chance, they're going to have to – he's going to have to play well. Caruso is playing hurt and giving his best effort. I think the, the results yeah. would have been a little bit different if Lonzo Ball's out there. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and, and those things, but, like – I think this division rival, they're playing a little bit hard because they have that there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's they like, have that, that history. Yeah, they have that history there. So it's like almost playing for pride. And I think those games are going to be closer than what we expect. But, um, you know, the Bucks are clearly the better team. Yeah. Well, that I mean, Trey, like <laughs> you get Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan to score 60 points on 72 shots. Right. Like that's your game right there. They were they were combined four of 22 from three because Zach and and Vooch both went two of 10. Like like if your stars aren't going to be able to show up efficiently, I mean, I I think the Bucks are going to like, oh, you want to run that thing through through Vooch? By all means. Good luck. We've got Brooke Lopez out there and we got Giannis helping. Like we, we feel pretty good about that matchup and they just have to find ways Jay, I, I think I wrote this on the Athletic for a little uh, morning playoff update. They just have to find ways to get easy buckets. Everything was so hard on the Bulls in that game. They couldn't get out in transition. They couldn't take advantage really of they the Bucks. They shot 32%. Turnovers. Well, and I mean the Bucks turned over 21 turns. They scored they scored 15 points off 21 turnovers. You have to score way more than that. Yeah. It was it was a weird game in that Chicago played well enough to stay in it. Chicago, I think, exceeded what most people expected in in game one. And I, there was nothing from that game where I was like, you know what? The Bulls might have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, not a single thing. They, they couldn't get their stars going. Yeah. They couldn't capitalize off a pretty sloppy game from Milwaukee. I, I just thought, again, it, this was one of those things where the Bucks had a really long layoff, and they they weren't operating at their top level. And I think the the rest of the series will be pretty easy for them. But the Bucks Mo- do this in game ones, right? They oh, for sure. Lost yeah. to Orlando in game one. The Miami game last year went to overtime. Like they have a lot of trouble with Vucevic teams in game one. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's favorite player. No, you know what? The, no, I I I I tweeted this out. Someone was like, "Hey, game one, Vuce." I was like, "That's usually tied to game one, DJ Augustine." Okay, let's be respectful here. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's it's how. What are the chances you're going to get 21 turnovers again from the Bucks? Right, like yeah, they're a little sloppy with the ball. Like, yeah, maybe. but they but they average about 13. Like that's that yeah. that's wild. You give 21. Tur- you get 21 turnovers as the Bulls and only five fast break points. That's the thing. That's, 32 points in the paint, five fast break. Like, you got to, man, you got to take advantage. You, you got to make that happen, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You know, is there anything you guys see that can get the the, the Bulls in this series? Like, I just don't make see shots. It. Like, sometimes it's just as simple as, like, make shots. They can't possibly shoot under 20% from three again. 
<laughs> no, the Bucks' whole defense is, yeah, we'll let you have that three. The, the one thing I think that matters from this series is just, like, the way Brooke Lopez looks. He was dominant in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Vooch and had nothing for him in the fourth. Like, he was just too big. Brooke Lopez is such a huge piece of that Bucks defense. Yeah. And, and they missed him a lot when he was out early in the season. He played 32 minutes. His body is clearly in a good place right now. I just think that's so important for the Bucks. Like it, it changes the way they can defend. Yeah. It changes like their sheer size when they have Lopez, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday at point guard. It's just like overwhelming. And and Lopez looking as good as he has since coming back, it, like just really changes the way I look at this Bucks team, even though I was really high on them always. But it also All right, look. Sorry, it also lets no, them move ahead. Portis to the bench, right? It almost it just makes them a little bit deeper, for too, sure, right? Yeah. Like allows that that sort of scenario. And then just on the sides, like there were possessions they were trying to post up Holiday, and I was like, this isn't the mismatch you think it is. Like he's right. he's strong. You're not going to beat him. Let's let's go to Warriors winning game one against the Nuggets, one twenty three, one oh seven. Steph came off the bench, uh, played okay. He played all right. I think it was about as well as you can expect from someone who missed a bunch of time due to a foot injury. Uh, Clay was pretty good. Jordan Poole caught fire once again. And uh, and Draymond was fantastic. And so, um, Mo, I thought that they did, the Warriors did about as good a job on Jokic as they could. They really attacked him on defense. And he's, like we talked about this, he's an improved defender this year to where it's no longer like, oh my God, he's so bad to like he's actually like above average right which is a massive leap for him compared to the last two years but they put him in so much action there's that like infamous shot now of him on the bench just looking like he (laughs) he just ran three marathons in a row like it was i felt i actually felt bad for him there's just there's no help like aaron gordon is useless on offense like will barton was was good but there's no other help outside of that and uh, and I'm just I'm I'm thinking I thought it was going to be a series before. Maybe I'm overreacting to one game, but now I'm kind of thinking the Warriors are just going to run them. I mean, the thing that was really concerning was just Jokic looked so tired and you could see it on his defense where start of the game. He's at the level of the screen. And as the game continues, he's further and oh, further away from low, the screen. Right. Low, you know? And it's and it's not like, yo. Draymond's coming off to shoot. No, it's Clay Thompson. <laughs> it's yeah. Jordan Poole. And he's just in the paint going like, go ahead. And Jordan Poole was literally, I thought I saw flames on the court. Like he was literally walking on fire and you're still hanging back. And I just think it was a fatigue level. And that's scary after a week off for him to look yeah. that tired. You're like, man, and I get it. And the I was do it, man. They do it to you that way. And I thought this was going to be a, a, a really close series. And, Ultimately, like I didn't calculate for the fact that man, Jokic must be really tired after carrying this team for 82 yeah. games. <laughs> you know, like the James like, Hart, it's the James Harden effect. Yeah. yeah. You have to do that much, right, yeah. Trade? That much in the regular season. Like, there's not a lot of gas left in that tank, especially with these prices. The topical gas prices. I see what you did <laughs> and, and I think this is just a nightmare matchup for him. Like as much as he has improved defensively, it's just a lot to ask mm-hmm. when, especially when they run out the Steph, Poole, Clay Thompson lineup with Draymond. Like, 
there's just no nowhere to hide. Are you going to hide him on Andrew Wiggins in the corner because he shoots like forty percent from from corner threes? And are you going to you can't hide him on Draymond because Draymond's in every screen in action screen for for guys who are just firebombing yeah. you from outside. And well, that I, I mean, I, that's I, the thing with the Draymond dribble handoff is you can't hang back because Draymond's not going to shoot it. And then once he pins the defender of Clay Thompson or Steph Curry, you hanging back now means they're wide open. It's a basic like, two like, on it's one. It's just bad, right? Yeah. You just you inadvertently create a two on one every time you do it, and we see it from every big man. It, it just it drives me insane when we see this all the time. Yeah, I don't know if that's coach. I don't know what that is, but yeah, that's. Um, it's going to be rough for them. Uh, are we overreacting though? Like Denver can come back and make this a series. I don't think Denver's going to win the series, but they can make it a series, right? Yeah. No, I mean, this, I, this, wow. this, my, <laughs> I think my biggest overreaction right now is Jamal Murray being cleared weeks ago. And he's just like, eh, I'm going to chill. <laughs> uh, you know what? Like, I respect the hell out of the decision. Like what? So you can come chase Steph Curry around? Like, no, man. Just yeah, yeah. No, get I, your knee right. Me, come I back get next it, season. But if I'm, kill if I'm in the locker room, I'm looking at him crazy though. Oh, yeah, no, if I'm yeah. a teammate, I'm, <laughs> I don't blame it for him, but if I'm a teammate and I'm getting torched by Jordan Poole every night because you can't, you, you decided not to play, I'm like, look, man, I got to get some of that, some of that max deal then. You got to pay, you got to pay me something. Uh, yeah, to, to me, this is just a laboratory for Steve Kerr to kind of figure out how it, how it looks with Poole, Clay, and Steph Curry together. Yeah. How, how, like to, to get Steph right physically. It's a few games to to work him in, um, so I I actually think this is like a it's it's kind of the perfect series for for Golden State because I don't think Denver is a a real threat to them. Yeah, uh, it's a good the way they're up. constructed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like get, get get Steph his minutes, get him his reps, and I I do think because of the way Poole has evolved, like there's a lot to figure out there. Jordan Poole becoming as good as he is, it's a good problem, but they're a totally different team when if they're closing with Poole, Steph, and Clay than they've ever been during this run that they've had. Yeah. You know, like they're just far more offensive minded, far smaller on the perimeter. And so I, I think that's gonna be really scary for other teams to deal with, but but the Warriors also have to learn how to succeed with with that group too. I, I still uh, think it has a chance to be a closer series. Like there were a lot of dumb defensive mistakes on the Nuggets end, like mainly Austin Rivers, just not really defending pool in the first half. Like, I think there's, there's areas that they can clean up to make this a tighter series. He's, he's out there for defense. I know. Like, I know. That's the more, again, that's, that's the, the shocking thing. thing, but it's like, yo, you got to do it. Like he's <laughs> is out there for defense. And he's like, I don't know. And, and can we not complain about calls when Curry's coming to go shoot a three and you run right into his ass while he's in midair. I'm like, so sick of people complaining about calls anyway. Like I want re I want reviews taken completely out of the game. I'm sick of them. Just go play ball. There's a mistake. There's a mistake. Make up for it later. I'm so sick of these goddamn reviews, man. I'm done with them. Oh, we have to see if there was a hostile act. No, there wasn't. If there was find him after the game. How about that? <laughs> Good Lord, they're taking away so... And Ed Malloy, stop it. <laughs> stop it, Ed Malloy. Just no. I feel like you have to treat him like a puppy dog who, like, just, just shit in the house. You know, like, rub his nose in or something. I don't know what you're supposed to do with Ed Malloy. But stop going to the video review. 
please. You're not good at it. I've said this in the past. Like, I can't imagine him ordering a pizza. How, mu- <laughs> how long that must take. You hate to be stuck behind Ed Malloy oh in the Starbucks God. line. I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for all the Ed Malloy takes. I'm not I just, lie. I just can't handle it anymore. Drive me crazy. All right, uh, we got three blowouts to get through, but they're they're all important. So we we had the Sixers just manhandle the Raptors. I'm still high on this Raptors team, um, and I still think they can win the series. But no Scotty Barnes, uh, at least for Game Two after. Embiid stepped on his foot or something on accident. I can't remember what exactly happened. Stepped on his ankle. Um, but that looked extremely painful. Maxi could not have been better in this game. This is the Maxi we saw against the Knicks after James Harden <laughs> took the court. Like this is unbelievable Tyrese Maxi. And so um I thought the Raptors did a good job on Embiid, but I don't think they could have accounted for Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxi combining for like 64 points. This was the fastest I've seen the Sixers team play. I think they had yeah, 29 they up and down the floor, 29 points in transition. But the other thing yeah. was they were fast in the half court. I've yeah. not seen if this yeah. is how fast they're going to play throughout the entire playoffs. Everybody's in trouble. Like if oh, this, they're going to play at this speed. They'll sweep the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors can hang with them like that. Yeah. I know. I don't expect them to. <laughs> I think right. they're already yes. a little bit tired, <laughs> but like, this is the thing. Like if they can keep this pace up and this is something that doc always screams about, we got to play with pace and things like that. If they can keep this up. That's and then with notoriously the slowest pace in, throughout in the, the history. history of the game. <laughs> I wonder how slow I he is know. on the golf course. He makes Larry Brown look like Mike D'Antoni. Like, <laughs> just, like, what are you talking about playing with pace? I just felt like game one was a reminder. Like, yeah, those guys are a lot to deal with. <laughs> like, yeah, there's been a lot of talk recently. Almost all the focus has been on what the 76ers don't do well. And and there's a long list, right? Like, they're not the most <laughs> athletic team. Supporting cast runs out of depth pretty quickly. Like, God knows what's going to happen behind Embiid, although Paul, the Paul Reed minutes went went pretty well in, in game one. Shout but out then, to Hollinger. <laughs> then, like, it, it gets totally overlooked. Like, there's been a lot of talk, too, about how Harden is, has fallen off, and I think that's totally reasonable. Like, he he's not the same athlete that he was a few years ago. There's just a lot to deal with when you have to deal with Embiid, when you have to deal with Harden, when Maxi as the third guy has progressed to the level he has and can really, really take advantage of the the defensive attention that you have to send to Embiid and Harden. Yeah. And and I think a lot of this honestly is just Embiid growing up too. Like his his maturation as a player really shows up against a Raptors team that is just gonna try to annoy him. And he's just so much smarter about dealing with all of that stuff. Um, and he's in much better shape than he used to be. And, and so I, I just think his progress was, was on full display in that game one, too. Uh, as for Pelicans losing to the Suns and the Hawks losing to the Heat, uh, Trey, I looked at both those of like, of course, not because it's a 1-8 matchup, but like 40 hours prior they were playing a game Friday night to see if they can make it in the playoffs. And then they've got to go to Phoenix. They got to go to Miami immediately. And you're getting thrown into a game less than 48 hours later. And I just, I don't think it was reasonable for either of those teams to like even put up a good effort on uh, in game one. I don't expect that to be the same thing in game two. Um, The game was actually closer than a lot of people expected, especially at the end of the third 
Fourth quarter was just amazing. For yeah, the Pelicans Suns. made a run. I, yeah, I, I think I guess maybe more the more the Hawks than that. Absolutely, and I th- honestly think that um, there will be some adjustments made, and the Pelicans will play better. But um, amazing fourth quarter by Chris Paul, um, and just kind of you know taking advantage of the matchups and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I don't. I I could I could see. I don't. I, I know most people are screaming sweep. I think I I honestly believe the Pelicans can get one, um, but I didn't expect them to come in and steal game one. Like that that, that just wasn't going to happen. Um, and obviously, I like how Devin Booker has, you know, felt some type of slight. Like they did some weird introduction where they didn't even announce his name because he wasn't on the MVP finalist, and it was just kind of like. <laughs> All right, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what else he's supposed to do. He's, I mean, maybe become league leading scorer or something. I don't know. But he's 20, 27, five and five. And he feels disrespected and he's playing on a 60 some 60 plus win team. And, you know, hopefully this is their year to, you know, grace the trophy and, you know, put it in the air. But like this moment, I, I think they just needs to go out there and play basketball. You know what I mean? Like two time all-star Olympian, you know, he's starting to feel some success. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, the credit to Zach Levine's first, very first playoff game. <laughs> right. Like, like a lot of people forget about that. Like, he had never been to the playoffs before. And before that, Devin Booker had never been to the playoffs before Chris Paul joined. So, a lot of people are going to, like, look at it a little weirdly and say, well... And it's got a, it's a lot on Chris Paul, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't believe that because I do think, and I've, I've got a chance to watch them when they were really bad. And now we get a chance to watch them when they're really good. And Devin Booker has been really consistent. So, you know, it sucks, but this this series isn't going to be one of those things where you're like uh, a St. Peter's, you know, college run <laughs> you know what i mean like it's well, not gonna it be one of those like situations it. yeah it looked like the 116 matchup at yeah. an early yeah, point no, nobody's got a weird mustache to maybe to, that's to the secret there. that's what it is maybe somebody um, for the pelicans needs to grow one do you guys see anything i can't remember who did it and i apologize because i'm it's borderline clowning this person but uh someone like basically compared what the heat did to trey young with what the pistons did in uh with the jordan rules and instead, basically, like, it didn't work for the Pistons, and it won't work for the Heat. And I'm just like, well, it did work for the Pistons. They won two titles. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Were, <laughs> I think they were three and one in playoff series against Michael Jordan. Like, it kind of did work. And also, these Hawks are not those Pistons. No, well, Trey Young's yeah, not Michael yeah, Jordan. I, I, like, think, you- I think the eff- I think the effort is a little more funny because it's Trey Young or and, those Bulls, and Trey Young can score, but yeah. like. I don't even think I think at this point they're just bullying, right? They're just trying to this is a statement. Yeah. This is statement stuff at this point, right? Yeah. And it's frowned upon. This is a nightmare. What are you gonna say? Nightmare matchup for the Hawks. Nightmare Yeah, it was a terrible, it was a terrible situation. It was like, oh, we actually get to be in the playoffs. Okay. Extra checks. Like that was it. Like it wasn't <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're gonna come in and beat. Because that's another thing too. Like Trey Young taking it so lightly. Very good basketball player, but just like, uh, we'll get back. Playing makes that possible for you to like kind of, you know, mess around and, and accidentally get into the playoffs. But in a certain situation, the Heat have been very good. And this is the first time they've had 17 players healthy, like 17. That means yeah. they could go mess around. Haslam could go out there and get six fouls. Uh, 
anybody could go out there and do what they need to do. I just want to see them play against some real teams and playoff style basketball. You know what I mean? Like, um, but tremendous season by Eric Spostra. I mean, they were dealing with injuries. They were dealing with all mm-hmm. these things and ended up in first. And I, I seen people question why he was a finalist for coach of the year. And I'm like, what? Have you guys been watching basketball all year? Well, the like, onesie with Max Struess. What are you talking about? <laughs> but the more the more interesting thing was they set the tone on the very first play of the game. Like that defensive possession, the Hawks couldn't get the ball inside the three-point line. Like the way they pressured them and everything like that. You got to just think if you're the Hawks, you come off playing a game on Friday night against Yeah, you, you're Cleveland. exhausted anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> and then you come in and it's just like, oh, shit. We're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I got go two nights this. in South Beach. Like you get up for an early game. Like it's just, you know, it's tiring. I, no. bet, I bet game two is close. I think game two will be a really good game. I think so. I, 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 the Hawks aren't that bad in the way that they, they showed in this game. And the Heat were on one. You could feel them roaring to go. But their and their defense in this game was really on another level. I mean, as good as we've seen it in the regular season, it went up a notch in this game. I, I'll be interested to see if they can keep that up. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Basket Buds on the Athletic Podcast NBA show. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're checking everything out. Make sure you're getting your morning updates from the Daily Ding on this exact feed. And make sure you're subscribed and following What Did I Miss with Michelle Beadle, No Dunks, all the team-specific shows. And uh, and just, you know what, guys? I'll say this, a sincere moment. Just enjoy the playoffs. They're fun, you know? Jay, just enjoy them. Quit yelling stuff at Kyrie every time he's down the floor. Seriously, just enjoy Jay, it. calm down. Yeah, just calm down, Jay, okay? Nothing? See, he's so angry right now at Kyrie. Furious. Furious. Yeah, he can't he's speak. probably uh, flipping birds right now. He probably is, absolutely. He's just writing down things in his notebook <laughs> to yell at Kyrie next game. Uh, for Jay, for Mo, for Trey, I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on The Athletic and subscribe already. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.